Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. Yeah, their Notre Dame update. Um, we actually have been in discussions with Notre Dame in the last little while concerning that game, whereas in the past it's been, you know, silence. And so I feel that we're close to being able to come to some agreement on how we'll um, f- settle that, settle that, uh, settle that contract. And it would be, I, I feel it'll be with games, not with, uh, not in a legal cash sense. That's Tom Homo in 2018. It was getting close. Oh, those were good times, man. And now it's done. October 8, 2022. One year and nine days back to Vegas. Arizona was a nice warm-up act, but next year it's the Irish. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the Review Journal down in Vegas had it uh, at the time that the Cougars were playing down there. They said that that was going to be what it was, and that's what it is. Yeah. BYU didn't want to comment, but it was obvious that they were going to do that, and that's a great thing. It's a great thing for BYU. It's a great thing for Vegas. I mean, Notre Dame, wherever they go, it's unlike any program that I've ever been around. I've been around most of them, at least to one extent or another, in their stadiums. And it's going to be a sold-out arena, I'm sure, or stadium. And good for the Cougars. Great opportunity. Great, great, great exposure anytime you play Notre Dame. Game scheduled to be televised on NBC. So you got to get a good time slot. They won't stash it at 8.30 at night. Not our time, no. Following his second college football playoff meeting in his many weeks, Executive Director Bill Hancock told reporters on Tuesday the decision-makers tasked with determining the future format of the sports postseason have the luxury of time to figure things out. He says, we have time because if the event's going to change before the end of the term, the end of the 12 years, we got three or four months. If it's going to change in year 13, well, then we got a couple of years to figure it out. Sounds, sounds like it's going to the back burner. It is for me. Louisiana Monroe quarterback Rhett Rodriguez, son of longtime football coach Rich Rodriguez, is home after being in intensive care following a lung injury suffered during Saturday's game against Troy. Hospitalized due to a collapsed lung chest trauma taken off on a taken off a ventilator on Monday. So doing better now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We're not going to push the panic button. What do I mean by the panic button? You know, we're not going to dramatically change who and what we are at this juncture. Um, We're not resisted to change for the purposes of getting better, but we're not going to be so unsteady that we move away from our compass. That's Mike Tomlin right there, not pushing the panic button. Steelers are one and two. Beat the Bills in Buffalo week one, but lost to the Raiders and the Bengals back-to-back games. I think the whole organization uh, has a history of never pushing the panic button, so I wouldn't think now. He hasn't had a losing season as a coach, but it could happen. See how it plays out. 
It's a long time in an NFL season, so there's time to turn it around. Next couple of teams they play, Packers 2-1, the Broncos are 3-0, so it's not like they got any gimmies out in front of them. We'll see what they're able to see what they're able to do. Three coaches since the merger, though, more than 50 years ago. They've been steady as a rock there. Richard Sherman going to Tampa to play for the Bucks. Free agent corner. They had one more veteran there as they chase back-to-back titles. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Your nickname is Hillbilly Kobe. Uh, that's what that's what they say. Oh, what? That's what they say. Okay. What's the, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So my my first year at Oklahoma, we, uh, we had a GA, his name Anthony Rainey. Um, he came up to me one day and was like, "I figured it out." And I was like, uh, "What are you What are you even talking about?" And he was like, "HBK." And I was like, "What?" He was like, "Hillbilly Kobe." I was like, "Ah, uh, what, whatever." And then one of the teammates heard it and it just stuck. So uh, for for three years, that's that's what they said around. I mean, just. Oklahoma, and then I guess people caught wind of it elsewhere. Austin Reeves, nicknamed Hillbilly Kobe in college, and sure enough, he ends up with the Lakers. Well, so far. So far. We gotta make the ball club. Pacers guard Karis LeVert has a stress fracture in his back, but there's optimism it could be only a minor setback and he could return by the start of the season. Oh, man, I hope so for Karras. He's had a bunch of injury issues, and he was a pretty good player with uh, the Nets. I'd like to see him see what he can do. One of these guys you didn't know a whole lot about, but then jumped out there and started playing some pretty good ball. Traded to Indiana as part yeah. of the uh, deal with the Nets to acquire James Harden. And as part of the physical there, they found a cancerous mass on right. his kidney. That was a big story. That was surgery back in January. It was a big story at the time. Yeah, because he was, like, uh, was grateful for it. He bounced back and was able to play in March. And now this, with a stress fracture in his back, which sounds awful, but hopefully that'll and work as out. as I say, man, he's developed himself into a nice player. It's yeah. good to see these guys that don't have a ton of pub come up and, and work hard and and get themselves in the position to succeed. He's one of them. Jazz signed a couple guys yesterday. Marquez Bolden and Malik Fitz. Malik Fitz gave BYU all sorts of fits. Oh, he did. Saint he Mary played for St. Mary's. He looked at him. He thought, okay. Now, he's not an Australian, which was shocking. <laughs> that a good player who wasn't from Australia. What are you guys doing, St. Mary's? <laughs> Stay on brand here. But I can recall watching him play thinking, all right, he looks like he's got an NBA body. And uh, then sort of lost track to him uh, after he got done with uh, college. But he played, uh, was with the Clippers a little bit. So he was a nice player at the West Coast Conference level for what that's worth. I don't know a lot about uh, Bolden. I know he played for Duke but didn't do a whole lot, whereas saw Fitz play. They continue to sign guys. And I'm thinking, you know, one of these times, what they need, you know what they need? I was thinking about this yesterday. You know what they need? Buckle up, Yak. What do they need, PK? And they need a player like DeKalb or coming off the bench of Bob McAdoo. <laughs> okay, good. Bob McAdoo? Bob McAdoo, yeah. Bob McAdoo. You know, he can play. Bob McAdoo. He yeah. come off the bench. He can put some points on the scoreboard for you. Wasn't a great defender, but Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo can play the game of basketball. Former NBA scoring champ. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I mean I'm not talking about his highlight. You know, not I'm not talking about Bob McAdoo in his prime. I'm talking to Bob McAdoo, you know, later on coming off the bench as they sign guys to try to help them to fortify the roster and play basketball. You know what I mean? Bob McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? You're working that uh, Jersey accent there. I'm going to say, are we back east suddenly? You say you can't go home. Well, yeah, you can. And then uh, did, you like watching Bob McAdoo play basketball, didn't you? Sure. Yeah. I think it's a good acquisition to get a player to caliber of Bob McAdoo. What's so wrong about that? DJ and PK. You play basketball. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swing and a drive into left center field. That's deep. And it's gone. Home run, Arenado. Into the Brewers' bullpen. One out, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. Tie game, 3-2. Inside ball four, Astros win it 4-3. Back-to-back bases loaded, walks by J.P. Shagwa. And the Astros' magic number is one. Outfield backed up a step or two. Infield back. First pitch, high drive. Left field. There it goes. Bye-bye. Into the bullpen, Mitch Hamager again. And the Mariners now lead it 4-2. to two. Major League Baseball, the season ends Sunday. The Mariners... Half a game out of the AL wildcard. They beat the Athletics 4-2. The Mariners closing in. Yankees look good now. They beat the Blue Jays again 7-2. But the Red Sox slipping, PK. Could be in trouble. Yes, they could be. Oh, it's dramatic. Got a team you uh, you believe in down the stretch here as the Sox lose to the Orioles 4-2 and try to hold off the charging Seattle Mariners. Who haven't been to the playoffs in almost two decades? I don't see the Cardinals losing again in 2021. Cardinals have won 17 in a row. They beat the Brewers 6-2. They have clinched the NL wildcard spot. We'll go to either San Francisco or L.A. Both those teams picking up wins. Giants beat the Diamondbacks 6-4. Dodgers beat the Padres 2-1. Adam Wainwright, 40 years old, 17-7 for the Cardinals. Pretty doggone good. Cy Young good? No. No. Well, pretty doggone good anyway. Bueller picked up win 15 as the Dodgers beat the Padres. Pitchers duel there. And Dodgers Hall of Fame broadcaster Jaime Harin will retire. Spanish language announcer who... Called games in 1959 as a 22-year-old. will end a 64-year run with the team next year. He's 86 years old. Still calling Dodger games. Yeah, I went to Dodger game this year, and they had a little thing out uh, beyond center field where they were uh, introducing a lot of the uh, former Latin players, and he was going on in Spanish, and there was a bunch of people around them. Uh, see some of the old-timers coming out. Alejandro Pena was there. Back in the day. Well, it was, it was last month. He was a player back in the day. His yeah. son beat him out the door, funny enough. It was a reunion thing. Bees open their final series of the season tonight in Tacoma against the Rainiers. 8 o'clock, 7.50 with the pregame show with Steve Klocky. 
Hashtag RSL. RSL trying to bounce back from that 6-1 loss in Portland. They've got the Galaxy coming into Rio Tinto Stadium tonight. The Galaxy lost in Austin on Sunday. And they have earned just three points, three draws in the last seven games, four losses. The Galaxy winless in the last seven and struggling. They were uh, second and third battling for the top spot, and they have dropped all the way to fifth in the West. And RSL can actually catch them and pass them with a win tonight. Well, good luck to you guys. 7.30 for the game. KMYU, KSL TV app, or ESPN+. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Riley Jensen, college football insider, mental performance coach, will join us at 8 o'clock. Luke Robitaille, L.A. Kings team president at 9 o'clock. Kings coming to town for a game Thursday. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies welcome in BYU to Maverick Stadium for another chapter in their long rivalry with the Cougars. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action, beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6 on 1280 AM with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes are Toasted brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore the thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Question of the morning. Can visiting BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans? Is it easier to go to Rice-Eccles Stadium or Maverick? Yeah, because I think that Utah State fans, the rivalry has progressed at a f- you didn't the, at a very fast increment because you didn't necessarily need the Utah BYU one to do that, but since they play every year and they've had some good games, some back and forth, there's been some winning on both sides unlike uh, prior times from both perspectives, that it has turned in to something that has really developed, especially on the Friday night before the church weekend. That's good stuff. We, we count on that. And I think especially, you know, like you look at uh, Oklahoma and Texas when they play in a Red River shootout early in October, uh, Notre Dame and SC, if it's in South Bend, it's in October. If it's in the Coliseum, it's the end of November. And so I think fans love that type of thing. I was like, okay, the body clock, the time of year, it's when it's supposed to be. It's the natural order. It's right. And that's what we've developed to a good extent between Utah State and BYU. And but, when's it's, the, but it's not an exhibition anymore. What do you mean? 
Well, for decades, it was just BYU is going to go whoop up on yeah, Utah but that, State. Okay, but and that, now it's got juice because the last that's six what years I said. they've split it. Don't add but because that's what I included in my diatribe, <laughs> in my opening statement, if you will. <laughs> so yes, they've both experienced do- periods of domination, but in recent times, there's been winning on both sides, and so you factor all that into there. And it is is developed into a great secondary rivalry. You can only have one primary rivalry, but you can have multiple if you're fortunate enough to have secondary rivalries. And BYU, for an independent, has that, as does Notre Dame. The parallels between Notre Dame and BYU are just striking. Tweaking people now? How's that tweaking? (laughs) You know how it is. They're institutions that both love Jesus, right? We can put that out there, right? BYU could use a touchdown, Jesus. There's no tall buildings to put it on. It's called Gunnar Romney. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They got two buildings they could put it on. Baylor Romney. No, we don't need that. You don't want to copy that. Baylor Romney. I assume he speaks Spanish. Didn't he grow up in Mexico? He did. Yeah. Touchdown, Jesus. I'll adapt. That'll work. (laughs) And when was the last time a ranked, nationally ranked, Brigham Young University Cougar team went into Maverick Stadium with Merlin Olsen Field where we hear every three weeks where you sit naked on the bull, five guys. <laughs> when they can't get other promos, they run that, they put that around. Uh, so we know about that thing, too. This is a monumental game. And they developed, they've developed quite a tradition. This rivalry has formed right before our eyes. Fact. And it's why, as we were discussing yesterday, it should continue... I don't think it, what do you guys say? Time and eternity? I'm not going that far, but I'll go time. And I don't think it should take a time out. Joe says all rivalry fans in Utah are horrible to the other team. Joe no. expects, no, no, Joe no, no. expects horribleness. L. Rongarino. What was that guy's name, the author? He went down to the Ed and he didn't hear one cuss word. Hey. What's that guy's name? Jeff Je- something? Jeff Benedict does Jeff not Benedict. want any part of this right now. Why not? I'm just joking. He said it. Were he, you with us when he said it? Yes. He, he wrote it. He said it. Yes. He, he And the very next week, I went to a BYU game. I walked down to that field, no. and I heard a string of profanity that would have made him Not blush. from BYU fans. Oh, yeah. It was. It was not! Stop and cease and desist. I implore you. Jeff Benedict, the Rolling Stones... The surviving members, obviously, are now on tour. They opened up Sunday night in St. Louis, right? I mean, if you start those guys up, they'll never stop. And Jeff Benedict, I've seen this somewhere, had an opportunity before they took, undertook the tour, they did a private show, and Jeff Benedict was there. In a very, as I understand, an intimate gathering. Ooh. Right. See the Rolling Stones in front of like 17 people? 
Need a little bigger crowd than that. Okay, 27. <laughs> <laughs> that would be way cool, for sure. It's like that time that McCartney, somewhere over in England, was at some pub, and they had a curtain there, and people were sitting there, and they, and they raised the curtain, back. Yeah. and there he was. That was for a TV show. Paul but McCartney himself. <laughs> yeah. And all the people were just, just like, done. What? <laughs> <laughs> and the look on their faces, because they had the cameras, because obviously they knew who was behind door, curtain number one. <laughs> and it was going, you were not going to trade that for what's behind curtain number two. If it's uh, Paul McCartney and his band, and it's you know just a little uh, bar type thing. And then you see the word started filtering out in the community, and people started uh, running down the showing street. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Go see yes, the greatest living legend of uh, rock and roll, Mr. Paul McCartney. And so Jeff Benedict, who had never heard a swear word down at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, so I argue with that guy vehemently that he says all fans treat the other fans like a doo-doo. Well, Scott Nelson tells us now that you can get caffeine in Provo. I think Lavelle Edwards Stadium is equally as rabid as any of the other stadiums in the state. But is it obscene? Depends on the section. It can be. The section? What section then? No. Depends on, I mean, it's every game, it's, you know, where are people sitting, the whole resale market. You never know. You never know when you go to a game if you're going to be sitting in a section and just kind But of, you know that in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, they have a bad section, is what you're saying. That darn south end zone. <laughs> you're telling me that, I don't know how you would divide up the sections, but just say random round number 10 sections. And you're telling me that 10% of those sections, one of those <laughs> just, sections, just is going to be huh? inappropriate. All right, whatever. I just, because I can do 10 and I know one. Once you get to 11, I couldn't figure it out. But I can do easy 10 ones. And do, okay, 10%. You really believe that? You're speaking as if it's fact. I'm with Yawk. You never know. You're walking around. You hear something, but that doesn't mean that section is going to be like that in the next okay, game because you got different. But, but regardless, there's going to be a section that's inappropriate. It doesn't necessarily have to matter if it's the same section. There's going to be a section that Where is something inappropriate, inappropriate and wrong in Lavelle Edwards Sure, and you get, something that you get sixty thousand people together. Yeah, I think something inappropriate might happen. 60, no, no, you're, you're insisting. You're not saying might. You said you know. Stood under the goalposts in the south end zone. One of my first games there. I don't know if it was my first game. So we're going one of my back first games. Thirty yes. years. Stunned. Okay. Thirty years. People and, were not allowed to progress in your life and, <laughs> and get better. And uh, someone and on a missed perfection on a misfield. They, they're actually allowed to do all those things. But thanks for assigning that. I mean, that was goal. a question. It wasn't uh, a, it sounded it like wasn't, a statement. Yes, they certainly can. People have their good days and bad days. It happens. So you're going back 30 years. Yes. All right. Missed field goal. And someone blurted out something entirely too appropriate that I can't repeat on the radio. Turned around and they had on those, uh, the the big headphones and were clearly listening to Paul James on the radio. The antenna coming off of them? Yeah. And blurted out something (laughs) horrific. And that's what passes as a bad section? Well, if you don't want your kids to hear that and you're sitting there and you hear that, yeah, that would be a bad section. You never know. You never know when you go to a One game. One person creates a bad section. 
But we do know one bad apple does not spoil the whole bunch. But in your mind, <laughs> one bad person if you leave that bad apple in puts the bag long enough on an entire section. That's what you're telling me. But the next me. section over, people had no idea, couldn't hear a word. So you never know when you go to a game what you're going to get. Yeah, but you do know. You know you're going to get a section in Lavelle Edwards Stadium that's going to be bad. You just don't know. That's a surprise. Is it section number one? Is it section number five? <laughs> that's know. the mystery. But you do know, according to you, that there's going to be go a to bad a, section. You go to a Raider game at the Coliseum back in the day. I wonder how the Raider games in Vegas are if they're... Uh they're any different. Yeah, but we're talking college here in Utah. We're not talking no, okay. Raiders there. But you Once, still... The you more see alcohol you introduce, the more problem you're you going to have. You see a fight in one section across the way, but in your section, there's nothing going on. It's just a bunch of people sitting there watching football. You uh, never know. All right. We understand that. But that's not the issue. The issue is that you're saying that there's a bad section in every game I think to get back to the original question, can visiting BYU Stadium? fans expect better treatment yeah, for Utah or Utah State fans? It is pot luck, and it could be as simple as where your seats happen to be. But if there is, you've guaranteed us that there's a bad section in the Velodrome. Yeah, Stadium. I think if there's 25,000 people in the Logan game, I some know. BYU fan is going to hear or see something. But Some is it other equal cougar. to or worse? Some other Cougar fan. I mean, you, you, state, you, you put together a statement of fact, and then you try to generalize that fact. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Once you put together a statement of fact, then don't try to logic and generalize it. Uh, don't okay. run from it. Embrace it. Embrace it hard. Jeremy Clint, has a story for us. Clint says Utah State is very classy. And there's nothing to worry about. Okay. Now let's get a story. But there's something to worry about at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, according to David James Sniggledorf, oh, an employee of KUTV, a state station that I am no uh, longer employed by. I think there's something to worry about at Maverick Stadium. But let's go to Jeremy. Jeremy, good morning. <laughs> All right. I'll keep it fast because you guys are busy, but go ahead. love the show. <laughs> take, my son down to the, take my son down to the game. A buddy of mine, BYU fan, gave me tickets in the student section. Obviously, we're huge fans. We're sitting there. People are super nice. A lot of, lot of young couples and babies. But there's these five return missionaries in front of us with their girlfriends and fiancés. And as the game starts and it's looking ugly, this is where the two youths bump into each other in overtime and then the guy tight end runs for a touchdown to end it, right? Yeah. And uh, they just start throughout the whole game just F-bombing <gasps> every three seconds. I mean, just Every three crazy. seconds? It was Like bad. in a minute, that would be three, out. six, nine, twelve, fifteen. Go ahead, yeah. go keep talking. That would be like so anyway, uh, 20 F-bombs horrible, in one minute. The horrible part about this is that my son, who's seven years old, looks at me and says, Dad, is this Jesus' school? <laughs> and I look, I look down at him and I go, I was, I, I was trying to figure out how to handle this. I said, yeah. And then he looks at me and goes, well, shouldn't we leave if they're talking like this? Oh. <laughs> and what did you tell him? So third quarter, third quarter, we bailed. And I had to listen to it on the flipping radio right home. Uh, (laughs) So you listened to it on the flipping radio, which tells me your son at seven was just one year away from the age of accountability, but yet he knew (laughs) what accountability was. Am I right, Jeremy? You are right, sir. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, anyway, it was, uh, it, it was frustrating because I wanted to stay for the game, but when your kid looks at you with those eyes like, what the heck's going on? you got to leave. And now I have to admit, the fans around us that were with their kids and stuff were like, telling those guys to shut up. And they, they were being rude to us a little bit. And, and, but those guys were just on their own mission. Okay, to do their how own do you thing, know they so. were returned missionaries? I, that was my exact question. It's, okay, it's like I can so name tag on their there, back. They're sitting there at the beginning of the game talking about their missions, oh, talking about their them. girlfriends and fiancés. So there's a, there's a whole conversation about it, right? And then when we're listening, then we're watching the game, and they're just they're rolling off on these refs. They're cussing, swearing. They're swearing. Just, it was just. Well, clearly they went stateside on their missions, don't you think, Jeremy? I, I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to answer that question, PK, in any way, shape, or form. Where did you go? Korea. Ah, see, and you know better. Well, actually, you could swear in Korean, and nobody around them would know. But see, those guys, they didn't learn a foreign language, so they knew dirty words in English, because they went stateside, right? It makes sense, even though you didn't know. You can put two and two together, and you can come up with an F-bomb. So anyway, my point is, you know, DJ has his time frame. You know, years later, they're still doing it. But the thing is, I mean, it happens everywhere. I don't care what anybody says. Right. I sit in my section in the north end zone and listen to my, my friendly fans cuss and swear, so whatever. Well, tell them to shut the hell up. I do. <laughs> this, let's, uh, let's see. Uh, first game of the season, I take my 10-year-old daughter, and I said, they're swearing. I said, hey, you can't swear. You have to use, you know, slang that's not swears like yeah. fetch and freak. Yeah, 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 and yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah. really cool about well, it. Well, man, you're He's swearing against girl. Weber State. What's it going to be as the season progresses? <laughs> well, you, you know. Pace yourself. <laughs> you, know, you know at that point. Hey, we, we know where we're going. We're good. Hey. Go All right. You. Thanks go for the BYU. stories, Jeremy. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Mike. There you go. Jeremy with the stories. Mission return missionaries. Is that any way to impress the honeys? Probably depends on the honey. Because, I mean... What do you mean, depends on the honey? If it depends on the honey, is she a honey? (laughs) (laughs) You keep them coming, PK. You keep them coming. And I want people to know, right now, I'm getting paid for this. Casey says, newsflash, every fan base has their deplorables. People use no different. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just because you voted for one guy, now you are deplorable? Yep. You people over there think you're so freaking high and mighty. I've been listening to you for years, and I'm sick and tired. Quit calling me a deplorable. Every fan base has their deplorables. BYU is no different. I've seen BYU, Boise State, and Utah fans all trying to pick fights with Utah State fans in Logan. Friday will be no different. If fans act like dipsticks, they will be treated (laughs) like dipsticks. Dipstick, I like it. Yeah. Well. Uh, Check your oil. It depends on if you're oiled up, though. The more oiled up you are, the more of a dipstick you are. There's a possibility that the <laughs> dipstickiness. <laughs> this, this, I'm impressed on how this rivalry has blossomed to where this is a big-time game. It matters. You know, and I would have preferred Utah State to be undefeated. Sure, battle of unbeaten's always sounds good. It's an easy handle to put. But on at the, the game. same time, they should have more of an edge. I don't know if they would have. You can't say they gave the game away to Boise, but they sure gave away the opportunity to make the game far more competitive score-wise than it was. 
I don't know that they could have said, well, not for this or that and whatever, we would have won that game. When you lose, what was it, 27-3? to it, It's hard to say <laughs> It's that. hard to rationalize away 24 yeah. points. But nevertheless, yeah, but, when, you, when you put up 315 yards and have zero points, that's virtually unheard of. Right. And, and actually, listen to Scotty at halftime, uh, he and Kevin were talking about, it, it should be 10-6. to uh, Boise State can have their 10 points, and you can woulda, coulda, shoulda that. But when you get those yards— and you're that close, you expect college teams to be able to execute and make chip shot field goals. I would say minimum 10-6. to 6. And that's what they were saying. It could be better. I mean, obviously they could have gone full-on homer and say, hey, it should be 14-10 or 17 or 21. Right. Yeah, I'm not willing to go that far, and obviously right. I didn't hear it because I was watching it on television, but uh, neither were they, and they were right in not wanting to go that far. But the point I'm making is... Utah State should have a lot of aggression because they did not put on a good performance. They put on good performances the prior three games, obviously, but they did not put on a good performance relative to their talent. Kyle Whittingham has been talking about that all season, that the what they see on film and practice and whatnot, it's not translating to the level. The talent is not manifesting itself in the games to the level of talent that they have. And he's been talking about that. He's said it more than once so far this season. I think it's the same thing with Utah State in that particular game. They were better than they displayed. So in my mind, if you underachieve like that, it should gnaw at you to the point where you really want to get back out there and make the wrong right. And it so happens that BYU is the opponent, so you combine a lot of the kids here, especially the local kids, Probably not, not necessarily all, but some of them would have wanted to go to BYU and they weren't recruited by BYU or they weren't shown enough love by BYU, whatever it might be. And so they've got that. Then you've got a nationally ranked team. You've got an in-state rivalry. You've got all these things that you can put in the pot. And it should lead, I think, to a much better showing by the Aggies. Because you take a kid like Bonner and Rice. I mean, they're probably Bonner, the quarterback, Rice, the best player, it looks like defensively, right? Well, he didn't necessarily... I mean, Rice is a little different because he's from California, but the other kid's from Texas via Arkansas, so he probably doesn't know a whole lot about BYU, although I think you can get up to speed in that very quickly. But nevertheless, he knows that he did not play well to his capabilities last Saturday morning, particularly on that pass we had Blake Anderson. He got a butt-chewing, according to Blake Anderson. <laughs> and he knew it. Yeah. He knew it. Right. So you would think that he would want to get back out there and atone for those mistakes and now you've got this opportunity Friday. Because if they win, even though they'll, always, they'll still be 0-1 in the conference, but if you beat the 13th-ranked team in the country, a budding rival, BYU and all that stuff, it won't eliminate the loss last week, but you feel a heck of a lot better about yourself, I would think. So it adds all sorts of incentive into this game coming up in a couple of days. Let's go to Adam. Adam, good, good morning. morning. Hey, Adam. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, so this is my Utah State experience, and it's our fault. So I take my boys, they're in high school, and we go to the, the Utah State BYU game. When Gary Anderson had that neck brace on, yeah, and we made the mistake of buying three neck braces and riding BYU on it, <laughs> that's, when they, <laughs> that's when they beat us. And I thought, we left at halftime, like, we're out, we're done, we're going to get killed here. <laughs> so you mocked a man's injury. Yes. Yes, we did. Adam, <laughs> of course. What would your bishop say on that? Bishop. Adam, what would your bishop say? Would he think that's appropriate? He, he would say, irregardless, you need to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
Hey, right, Adam. Adam. There it is. <laughs> you know, it's apparent to me, this is, this is unscientific, we have a lot of listenership among the Latter-day Saints. <laughs> you think, huh? Yes. You've come to that conclusion. And let me tell you, I drink to them, guys. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Former Cougar and former Aggie Riley Jensen, college football insider, joins us at the top of the hour right here on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. I got to tell you, Coach, if I would have had these built bars when we were at BYU, I would have got better grades. You know, Hanson, whenever I hear the word hangry, I think the definition of it should be your picture. Because when you were in college and you were hungry, you were probably the worst guy to hang out with. And we just knew that to throw you something to eat and you would be in a better mood. Imagine if you would have just had all these protein bars available to you. You would never have a day of being angry at all. You had a great grades and you had had a great experience overall because we know one thing. When Hanson's hungry, watch out. Everybody tread lightly. I'm hungry! Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. So what's the environment going to be like in Logan? And visiting BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans. Chad says, a friend and I went to the BYU-Utah game at Rice-Eccles Stadium in 2012 to cheer for BYU. Even with that particular game being very intense, we were treated like out-of-state church members visiting the local ward. They even comforted us after the painful loss. True story. Where was this? Rice-Eccles Stadium. So you're telling me there's Christian people who go to Utah home games? Is that what you're saying? Apparently a small number that surrounded Chad and whoever he went with, his friend. Well, Oh, so you want to minimize it by saying it's just a small number. Yeah, yeah minimize it. Absolutely. It's chaos at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Chaos! Got a couple thumbs up. Also got a bunch of laughter like they think it's a made-up story. Oh, it's fake? People laughing at it hilariously. So he would go on social media? That's and, where you got this? And it would yep. be a fake story? Yep, fake news on Facebook. That would be the uh, the assumption from those people with the laughing emojis. I do I believe. don't know that it's news. It's a story. And I have a hard time believing that that's fake. Why would he fake that? That doesn't make any sense. Get attention on social media. Ah. If you want attention, you would come up with a more outrageous story. That would get your attention. Well, here's Drew with stereotypes. Speaking from personal experience with my own family, Utah State fans are nice until their team loses, and Utah fans are just a-holes in general. (laughs) (laughs) Cross the board. There it is. Boom. Deal with it. I found that to be true. (laughs) Salt Lake Jake, this is such a Stupid tweet, Deej. (laughs) (laughs) Dilly dilly with the gift. Stir that pot. (laughs) Spencer says, well, both places, good and bad experiences. But my worst experience was at the dairy farm. What's that mean? That means Utah State, the ag school. Oh, 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 okay. I thought it was literally. I was taking it literally. 
Trenton, who's got a Utah State logo in his avatar there, says, Oh, shoot, I may be a deplorable Aggie. I can't wait to sit next to some Cougars Friday night. Well, I don't know how many are going to be there. It's a smaller stadium. So in this particular game, I would imagine it's a tough ticket. Obviously, BYU gets an allotment of tickets. I was seeing the secondary market tickets, 170 bucks. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. That's that's what you got here. Tupper Tupper Finn says, uh, "Can BYU fans expect better treatment from Utah or Utah State fans?" He says, "Well, it depends. Will Utah State share their ice cream with us?" <laughs> and Joseph says, "Yeah, but they might charge you double." Well, that's not sharing, is it? That's the American way. <laughs> profiteering, baby. Yeah. Move over, sharing. Here comes profiteering. Mike, as much money as you possibly can. Yeah, I don't blame him on that one. Ray, I've been a BYU fan all my life in Cache Valley. The only thing I don't understand is the hate for BYU. I understand cheering for your team, but I don't understand the hate, especially from members of the church. Hashtag cheer for your team. Okay, so what? I assume he's talking about the LDS church. And Safe he, assumption, yes. And he's saying that there's people up there in Cache Valley who hate BYU. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't get it in general, but he especially doesn't get it by members of the faith. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting concept there. Because I, I wonder, you know, how many Catholics out there hate Notre Dame. Sincere question. They, they may have their fandom, their team, whatever school they... Because well, the only thing that goes in under name, obviously. Right. The only thing then... Well, maybe the USC, because they had a pretty good rivalry there. But I was going to say, you know, playing Indiana or Purdue, where they're right in your backyard, and you got to listen to them all year long. Utah State fans, especially through the decades of losing, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, get sick of the BYU fan who lives next door around the corner. Constantly talking up Are their team, talking down their team. yourself, though, if you're hating, if you're a Latter-day Saint who hates BYU? Do you, in, in a sense, are you hating yourself? Because the, the leadership of BYU clearly believes that through the football team, there is exposure to their faith. Val Hale explained this to me many years ago, and he had letters they had. In those days, you'd have to write a letter, right? And he had letters, boxes or baskets or deskful. I don't remember what it was. But he was telling me because of the exposure of that football team, which was obviously very good during the Lavelle Edwards era. They had a phenomenal run where they were churning out NFL quarterbacks and just conference titles year after year and he told me that there was such great exposure so I assume that would mean something to you if you're a faithful member so are you spiting yourself in a way I happen to think it's just sports but that's just me I was going to say that would be the answer you'd get and I think Ute fans have heard this over the years too that Ute and Aggie fans say it's just sports and you people are taking it way too seriously and I don't like you. And then there's back and forth and it escalates and uh, it gets yeah, but more the, intense. If they hate someone, aren't they doing it too? 
Aren't they? I mean, as it is, as I see many times over, the people doing the calling out of another group often have the same issue, just in a different way. They don't see it that way. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Riley Jensen joins us next. Snow College, went to BYU, transferred to Utah State, lived in the Cache Valley while playing for the Aggies. We will run all of this by him and get, get his opinion, see what he thinks, and we'll do that next. Stay with us.